Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are just as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They're milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. So nice, I like the toast, I keep on spilling it. Bone crushes, I keep real close, I got the skill for this. On my back, the fly is closed, looking ill as shit. Transactions illegitimate, cause life is still a bitch. And then you die, but for now, life, close your eyes and feel as dick. Since diapers had nothing to live for, like the mic was but Making sure every nigga stay rich within my cipher. We paid the price to circle of success, they turn my mic up. I'm about to hit these niggas with some shit that'll light your life up. If every nigga in your click is rich, your click is rugged. Nobody will fall, cause everyone will be each other's crutches. I hope you fools choose to listen, I drop jewels, bust it. These are the rules I follow in my life, you gotta love it. Jiggy Jigga looking gully in the joint. If y'all niggas ain't talking about large money, what's the I'm in the rain, doing the buck 40, hydroplaning. What shorty? Where you disappear the sun. Maintaining, putting myself in opposition. Most of these rappers ain't in. I'm living. The Ill Street Blues got your hunger painting. Nothing to gain in the whole lot to lose. You're still singing. 
fool. I'm Barrow, and that be Barrow. My name be ringing, warming it up for the perfect time. They hit your brain and you're feeling it. To all the girls I bought a girl who took to sell my bricks. No doubt they can vouch my life is real as shit. 95 South and Poppy on the hell and shit. And all the towns like Cambridge that I kill with shit. And all the barrow ass niggas that I hustle with. Throw your joints in the air one time and bust your shit. These fake rappers can't really know I'm loving it. <laughs> you feeling it? Welcome to an all-new episode of So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. This is your pal Ryan, and if you're hearing this on a Wednesday, which today is Wednesday, hopefully, that you're listening to this on, you have officially made it halfway through the week. So right then and there, just know I have given you permission to phone it in for the rest of the week. That's right. Tell your old employee... <laughs> employer that old old ryan bailey says that you can phone it in just listen to this podcast all day long listen to past episodes do what you need to do to just do the bare minimum and that's all that's all anyone can expect from us in this day and age right uh if you're new to the show remember there's timestamps so you can skip right to the interview because today you're going to want to do that because we got crystal kong minkoff from real housewives of beverly hills somebody that i've spent hours and hours talking about this show and this season. And finally, I got to talk to her today. And I met her first at BravoCon a couple of weeks ago, and she was just delightful. And I, I, guys, I hate to report this to you. She's kind of delightful. And, you know, and then we had a banter over messaging and she's, she's kind of funny. Like, I mean, she's kind of really funny. And uh, I, I don't think she'll mind if I read one of the exchanges. I'll read it in a second. Um, but it was great. And just just so you know, and just uh, Crystal is so open and, you know, is totally open. But remember, there are only so many things that I can ask uh, or get approval from Bravo because we don't want to ruin anything and we don't want to get Crystal in trouble. And I want Crystal back next season. So, my God, I, I mean, I am fully on the Crystal bandwagon. And I want her back next season. And I'm going to explain why in just a second. But uh, I always start off every podcast with a mashup. And that was the great Jay-Z 
Mr. Sean Carter himself, mixed with Stevie Nicks' beautiful vocals from the Fleetwood Mac song Landslide. And I usually do, I, I put these edits together late at night, and it's been raining all day in Los Angeles. And of course, today was election day. So that's just a double, double whammy of depression, right? Just, just And I, I, I've been thinking so much, I don't know if you listen, I don't know if you're a member of the Patreon, but I was on a drive home and I do these kind of voice notes on there sometimes. And I've been thinking so much about life lately and that, that landslide song that's Stevie Nicks. I mean, and she, think about how long ago she wrote that song and she's still just, I mean, selling that she just sold out the Hollywood bowl here a couple of weeks ago, but it's, it's that it just, it crushes you emotionally. And that's kind of what I wanted to do to you at the beginning of your day. I'm sorry, but it's, it's still an amazing mashup, but isn't that just that, that, and I'm getting older too. Doesn't that just crush you? Doesn't that just emotionally break you? Now I'm realizing that really probably was not the right song to choose for such a joyful interview that I had with Crystal. But listen, you get it all from this show. You get sadness. You get happiness. You get confusion. That's what you get. I hope everybody's having a great week out there. We have had a great week so far on this show. Uh, Once again, I've got to tell you, there was... A mix-up on Monday's episode, and some of you might have heard an episode from two weeks ago, and I believe it's been corrected on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, but somebody was telling me Stitcher and some other podcast outlets are still playing the old episode. Now, somebody has told me if you empty your cachet, and listen, I'm not, you guys know, I'm not Mr. Techie Goggle Guy, but I don't even know what empty your cachet means, but somebody said they emptied their cachet, and then it went to the new one, so... Empty your cachet, folks. Whatever that means. I hope you guys know, because I sure don't. But it's a good episode, and it's fun, and it was so funny The, the it was Sophie. And then yesterday, we had a supersized one. I was doing a supersized one because I just pictured people waiting in election lines. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? Let's give them a three-hour one where we not only have a review of Schwartz and Sandy's, the new Tom Sandoval and Tom Schwartz restaurant that just opened last week. And it got a very positive review, by the way. But we also have double... Salt Lake City recaps. And I speak with Crystal today. And, you know, for those of you that have been with me these past couple of years, I've recapped the last two seasons of Beverly Hills. And you guys know how unhinged those recaps can get. And like, I'm digging, I'm really loving Salt Lake, but I did back to back recaps yesterday and it took it out of me. And I got to say, like, is it bad to say that I miss Beverly Hills? Is it bad? Is that bad? I, I, no, I need time off. I do. I need time off from certain aspects and certain characters. But there's a part of me that was just so used to that. Fr- it almost felt like a theatrical event for my personal self. Like It felt like I was exercising demons. And the biggest compliment that I can give Crystal is that I never had an in- imitation for Crystal, right? So the Erica would be up here of like, what's going on? I'm Angelina. And then, of course, the Lisa Rinna was down. Hey, it's me, Lisa Rinna. <laughs> <laughs> you know, very not sounding like Lisa Rinna at all, but I think there's a, a sense of her in that imitation. And then, of course, you had the Dorit, which I always thought of a C-3PO figure of like, beep boop boop beep, boop 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 I love you, little Jagaloo and little Phoenix. Uh, which, by the way, Heather McDonald, if you, I was on her podcast last week, she said she was at a hol- uh, uh, Halloween party last week and little Jagaloo and Phoenix were with Dorit. Isn't that amazing? I would, I would, I think I would be more starstruck by Dorit's kids than Dorit, you know? Like, I would be like, oh my God, Phoenix, is there anything I can get you? An extra soda, some candy? 
Uh, and Jagaloo, I mean, what is there to say? That kid, they're just, it's a star family. So you had those. Kyle, Kyle's a little ras- raspy. It sounds a little like Scott Disick, and I don't have my Kyle down perfectly yet. But then there is my love, Sutton Strack. And Sutton, unfortunately, I or for, I hope she never hears my imitation of her because I just love her dearly. But she is the, like, it's the foghorn leghorn. So it was like the, you know, Ron, I'm on the board of two ballet companies. I say, I say, and I'm not going to let yeah, Miss Erica Jane talk to me like that. This, you know, it was very Southern and very powerful. And I mean it as a compliment, but I'm scared that she'll someday hear it and uh, she won't take it as one. <laughs> Which, by the way, I, I hope Crystal doesn't mind that I read this exchange. We were texting about time and... Uh, you know, I, I, I had, I had to stick with the time that we chose, uh, and couldn't push it back because I, I paid for these like workout sessions with the trainer and it, it takes everything in my power to get there and not cancel because, you know, Crystal says, Hey, let's move it back an hour. I'm like, hell yeah. Let me not go exercise. And then that voice, the old, the older voice are like, Ryan, come on, man, you need to get in shape. Come on. Um, but we're talking, (laughs) we're talking, she goes, Hey, um, yeah, let's do it today after all. And she goes, plus I'm having lunch, lunch with your future wife tomorrow. Today is better. And I go, Oh my God, you know, I have a crush on Sutton. And she wrote, I think everyone in the world knows you have a crush on Sutton. And then I wrote hurtful, but true. So today, today of all days, Crystal is having lunch with Sutton Strack. And listen, I don't know if I'm just thinking positive thoughts here, but what if Crystal brings up what a pleasant interview she had with me today? And then bam, I'm on next season. I'm Crystal. You know, Sanjit's out of the picture. It's it's me and Sutton all of a sudden. Uh, I, I know I'm joking about Sutton too much when today is Crystal's day. So let me tell you a little bit about crystal uh and then after the interview the interview's 30 minutes that was my allotted time and i know she would have kept going but i think that's what you know bravo does that and i totally totally get that but i really think i mean i think we'll i think we'll speak again i think this went really well uh also if you want to know more information remember last week we spoke to licensed marital and family therapist Alyssa mass who had actually filmed a scene with crystal and we had a really wonderful interview about uh you know, about certain issues that we all kind of seem to go through that I think is a nice addendum to this. So go check that out after this if you haven't already. Uh, And also I'll be doing some pop culture stories directly after this interview. I just don't want you to wait too long to actually hear Crystal because she's kind of the best. So this is from her Bravo uh, bio on the actual uh, website. Crystal Kung Minkoff is a 76th generational descendant of Confucius. Right then and there, Lisa Renna can't top that. You know what? Just no, it's already over. She was born and raised in Northridge, California to first-generation Chinese immigrant parents. Crystal attended the University of California, Irvine, where she studied biology and history. In 2003, she met her husband, Rob Minkoff. And I don't know, this is a fun fact, you guys. I don't know if you're hearing this for the first time. He, yes, directed the Academy Award-winning Walt Disney classic, The Lion King, as well as numerous other major feature films, including the Stuart Little series, Haunted Mansion, and Paws of Fury, which is now released. I believe it's on Paramount Plus we talk about for a second. Uh, Crystal and Rob live in Bel Air with their two children, Max and Zoe, who we've seen on the show and love on the show. 
Crystal completed her culinary education in Los Angeles and has since been teaching her friends and followers classic recipes with an Asian twist. Besides cooking, she has also immersed herself in the world of mixology. If she is not in front of the stove, you might find her behind the bar whipping up a delicious cocktail. She loves throwing extravagant parties on a, on a budget, which I, by the way... I really appreciate that about Crystal. It's very me. Tending her vegetable garden and playing tennis with her friends. Crystal is the co-founder of Real Coco, you guys. It's a coconut beverage company that has sold over 10 million bottles of coconut water to date alongside her brother, Jeffrey Kung, who is better known as a pop singer in China. And actually, I asked a question that was a purely joke question, and she told me an answer that I did not expect in this interview in regards to Jeffrey, and it just, it made my, it made my day. Also, uh, it is in, Real Coco is in every Costco except for, I think, certain ones in Texas. Isn't that amazing? You know me. I'm a big Kirkland Costco guy. Just that's it's kind of me and my mom's place. Whenever I go to Arizona, we go to a Costco. Uh, it's it just, it just uh, I'm a mama's boy. That's kind of our thing. But uh, anyways, here is our interview. And just know, you guys, of course, I want to ask every question in the book. But also, I'm not going to ever put any guests in an uncomfortable situation. So I think there is some real gems in here. And the true gem is just Crystal because she's just great. And okay, here's my dream. She comes back for the her third season next year. And I think there is such a really this this amazing power that she is gaining traction on that actually is within her. And I think, you know, after that first two seasons, when you find your footing, I think the true voice, I've always said that on the show, haven't I? You finally find your true voice. And also she, I mean, I don't think we have seen a 10th of the humor that Crystal has on this show. And, you know, we talk a little bit about that, about even feeling even more comfortable to be able to call out certain situations and just, I mean, to be able, I was just like, how have you watched the last two seasons? I mean, it must have been mind-blowing. And she was cast on this show during the pandemic. And so she talks about the audition process. And it was just, it was just a lovely conversation. So I hope that you enjoy it. And then I will talk to you guys directly after. And also, uh, Crystal's PR team, they are just delightful as well. So if you guys are listening, thank you so much for all of your help with this interview. Uh, here, without further ado, is Crystal Kung Minkoff. Welcome back to iHeartRadio, So Bad It's Good. Today, this is truly a so good, it's great moment. Uh, I have talked about her for the last two seasons of what I consider to be the number one, it is the number one show on Bravo. It is also the most heart-palpitating, contentious, sometimes just bizarre show I've ever seen in my life. But she always manages to hold her head up high, there's grace involved. And at the same time, I still feel like I don't know everything about her, which means I want more. She's not only the first Asian American cast member on this show, but she also has her own line of, uh, uh, she has a coconut water empire with her brother, Jeffrey, uh, which we'll talk about as well. But I just got to say, Crystal Kung Minkoff, congratulations for getting through the season. Thank you. Um, I feel like I have some wounds and scars. Yeah, how are you? How are you healing up? Are you? Uh, how how's your nervous system? Um, it, it feels better now that it's not airing. So, yeah, I'm, like, yeah, it's really hard. I mean, I was telling Rob the other day. I'm like, remember two years ago when like life was really good and happy. <laughs> He's like, yeah. He's like, it's hard to remember, but like, it's sort of like in a distant memory. But well, Rob, yeah, Rob's great weird. because I always. 
I always compare you guys to like, not the every man, because there's definitely, you know, but there is something of like the Jim Halpert from the office where we see the throws, the show sometimes through your eyes, you know, like where, but, but like, we'll see, we'll see it through your reactions or something of like, Hey, this is actually what's going on. Or this is how, and I don't mean like a younger set feels, but there is something of like, I mean, is it hard in scenes sometimes to not like laugh or to not be like, oh my God. Okay. So I actually think that like, if I come back, I need to not withhold even those reactions. Cause I try to be like (laughs) respectful and yeah, I'm just like a polite person. So I'm like, you know, but in reality, I would, my jaw would be on the floor and my eyes, like I would be (laughs) like looking and like what's going on. So that's how I feel internally. So that's something that I'm going to like, just let it go because I do withhold because out of politeness. I'm like, Oh, they're going to see. That's how I was raised too. Like I can say all I want on this podcast, but like, or talk tough on Instagram. But in reality, I get like, I met you at BravoCon and I was insanely scared and I, you knew who I was and I got, and I apologized immediately to Crystal, even though I didn't know exactly what I was apologizing for, (laughs) but I did, but you were the nicest person. And that's why I think it's interesting uh, for any kind of rumors. And just to clear this up out of the, there has been no contract offers. There has been no, nothing is in place for this show yet correct nothing is in place for me correct and i think that i i assume that with other people that i've spoken to so yeah are you guys saying that it is weird because i think it was part of my first season people were like oh she's cold and she's this i'm like no like bubbles like i don't understand but i get it you know i think that now that i'm two years later actually and like you're saying you don't know everything about me but i actually think that would be if you knew everything about me in one season, then it's hard. You, you want to develop people, you know, when you're thinking about just a show on the entertainment side, you know, you want to like, it's like a slow burn, right? So exactly. Like, and that's why and with Garcelle, I mean, Garcelle just finished her third season and I'm like, wow, if you went by the first season, I've said to my show, I'm like, she was okay. But then she really, I feel like came into this insane power in this third season. And that's why it's like, I want to see the same with you. And I know this is just coming from a fan's perspective, you guys, but there is this, you know, I mean, you sure, I'm sure you read this, that you have the Sutton, Garcelle, Crystal, Triumvirate, where is it, does it make you laugh when people are like, they can take down the Fox Force yeah. 5? Like, <laughs> this is a bunch of ladies. This isn't a war, yet that's how we position you ladies? Right. I mean, like, I don't, like, the idea of taking anyone down is really, <laughs> like, sort of the antithesis of who I am. Um, at the same time, I think it's about... um trying to sort of reveal more authenticity from others that might not be there. And so like I think pull it, pull it out of them in a way. Yeah. Yeah. That's a little frustrating, but like, I wouldn't, I just wouldn't hang out with people who are not being authentic. Right. So, yeah. um, but you know, it's the nature of the show, you're cast with people. Um, and I would say only until like halfway through my second season, did I start to feel like genuine um, connections? And I think because that maybe that's me, I was guarded because I kept comparing it to like my friends, like, oh, we, we wouldn't do that. Yeah. So that makes no sense. You know, and then, and then I remember the producers were like, this is reality. 
Yeah. To like I mean, it's interesting to come into a season though. And hopefully with the, the next season, when I really hope you're a part of, it is interesting to come into these things with the thought of, I want to try to be more open this year, or I want to try to do this, or I want to try to highlight this. And I do got to say this real Coco, you guys, we're all talking about Casa del Sol, but where is the real Coca conga line? Why are we not seeing, like, I mean, it feels like the Casa del Sol now has got so much, but you actually have this beverage that is sold at Costco, which is my mom's yeah. favorite. It's like me and my mom, when I go to Arizona, our big thing is to go to Costco together. You have like an actual empire that we don't really even get to focus on that much on the show. I mean, you see this Kathy stuff and I know you're good friends with Kathy. Does that ever go like, hey, what what about an episode around coconut water and, and products? You know, I'm polite. And so <laughs> I'm like, so I see it. I'm like, oh, like, I wish I could do that. At the same time, you know, like I said, like, I do believe in time, whether it's on the show or off, people will discover it, that I'm one of the founders. But um, in truth, like it's it's not a new brand. You know, no. we started 11 years ago. We're in actually every single Costco except Texas right now. And that's coming. Ooh, so- Texas. Wait, what, what's the holdup on Texas? My Texas is like holy, all my Texas listeners. What's going like right to your local Costco? Texas. Please. Yeah. But um, the fact that we are in every other region of America is wild. And um, yeah, we're just really proud of it. It was like, I think that would have been sort of an interesting story had I done the show 10 years ago, right? Like yeah. young kids developing grassroots product um, with n- not one dollar in marketing. I mean, we really like, we really pushed hard and, and we just did it with a lot of, you know, pain and blood, sweat and tears and we did it. And so, you know, I would, I would have, that would have been a fun story. To Those are the things that I think should be celebrated. I, I told you when I saw you, when I talk about you, it's like, okay, your two kids are already smarter than I am. I love, I like your, I love your nanny. You're working out in the backyard during COVID, you know, your husband, I'm a great admirer of and have been, which by the way, uh, Rob, if you will tell Rob, I apologize. When I was a kid, I went to New York city with my mom and I bought it. This is how old I am. I bought a bootleg VHS lion King. Cause I was so obsessed with the You're lion a horrible King. Human I ru- no, I know. <laughs> I, I didn't realize about piracy back then. I was a kid. So I apologize to your husband. I hope I didn't affect any kind of bottom line but i truly like i've loved slowly learning about your life it's just that there's this weird vortex with housewives sometimes that there is so much other insanity happening that i feel like real storylines because this is called real housewives and we need to always make the real be in there that gives it the foundation i did an interview and i don't know if we're allowed i will just briefly um i i've battled uh ed my own personal life and you've been brave enough in the last two seasons to be able to mention that but it was kind of weird because I even talked to this girl that had filmed a scene with you, Alyssa Mass, that was that was speaking so highly about you and all of this stuff. And it's like you're putting this work in and then it sometimes doesn't make the show because it's not as sexy as a fight that we didn't get to see in a sprinter van. Does that ever frustrate you as a real person or do you understand it from a TV perspective? I mean, it's it's equal. Yeah. And it really is equal at this point for me. I would say the first season was extremely frustrating um, to see sort of imp- like I would watch with Rob and I'm like, okay, watch this. This is, and then it was gone. And I'm like, well, that, that scene, it would explain everything, everything that I have to deal with two years later that make no sense. And at the same time, so for me, it's, it's painful, but Rob is like, well, it, 
it's just a show and they're going to cut it where it makes sense enough. Yeah. I'm like, well, I hate you. So go away. Um, like go you, to your basement, like Rob. Go play with your jukebox right now. Get yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, are you in Hollywood? Like, shut your mouth. Um, but now it's like, I, I think I'm a pretty, like, I, I have a lot of, um, I, I have a lot of coping mechanisms that it might be almost problematic where I, I figure out how to deal with something very easily, but I'm like, Okay, well, you know what? When I think about the past seasons, people don't remember those, you know, nuanced details. So it's fine. I just sort of move on from it because it can be frustrating and I can't live my life in something that I can't control. And especially so, because you have a real life. I mean, like the, it does, uh, yeah. it, your life doesn't shut off when the camp, the season ends at the reunion, you still right. go on with your life. Yeah. I mean, but I feel sometimes frustrated. And I think the audience sometimes gets frustrated from a perspective of, um, you get rewarded for bad behavior. Like sometimes that is the thing that we want to focus on is this uh, non-existent fight that we can't see or legal issues that we'll never get the answer of all of these things. When I'm like, well, I want to kind of know more a little bit about this story that's really going on that I know affects a lot of women, even men as well. Like I want a little bit more information about that. And I'm not trying to complain about the show. It's just sometimes I feel like that got swept under the rug where at the very end, we see your coda where you're just like, I take it one day at a time. And today is a good day, which I love. But, you know, there's like a huge chunk in between. You know? Sure. Yeah. I mean, so that I mean, that's just the part of, you know, like what you say yes to you film it. So, you know, so your experience feels more resolved than my what you might see. but, you know, with that story, I mean, anyone who has an ED understands it. Even if you saw that scene, it's still you not resolved. You know, every day. It's every, every day. day. Yeah, every day. Yeah, it's an everyday thing. It's an everyday feeling. So, but, you know, I think that's, um, you know, my goal is yeah. to show that through maybe my own platform. And Regardless uh, if on the show or not, you yeah. will continue to have this platform. And that's why I really kind of became this crystal fan throughout, like, and then especially in the second season, because I just felt like you were this, reli- I have this big concept on the show about reliable narrators. Like I said, the reason why that Aspen Van thing is so hard to understand because, you know, and and you don't have to comment on this, but Lisa has been proven to me to be an unreliable narrator. So it's hard to like believe, even if she's telling the truth. But Mm -hmm. I said, if Crystal was in that van and Crystal told me that story about Kathy, I would 1000% believe it because Crystal has proven to be a reliable narrator. And I think these are really important things on the show, but I think that's just such a credit to who you are as a person. And that's why the show needs you is because we need those people that actually can pull both sides or try to understand both sides. Um, We also, I give you huge credit. Um, You know, you had a contentious relationship in the first season with my future wife, Sutton Strack. And we have seen, um, <laughs> she, she, she's like, ah, we, we have seen, uh, it was really kind of refreshing to see you guys go to that baseball game and you guys kind of mend fences in this, what seems to be natural way. And I don't think it was for the cameras was your mending fences with Sutton. Is that, is that real and true? And have you grown to really like her? Your wife? Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> let's talk about in bed all night, but, uh, <laughs> like, you know, at the show, I think there's a pressure and also not necessarily like a lot of support to mend, you know, as you can see from the others, they don't want to, they don't want to see you mending. So, you know, during, um, when we're not filming, which is a lot, a long time, it's eight months, uh, there's a lot of opportunity and, you know, she and I decided to get together and, you know, when you first start it after so much conflict, it feels like 
you're faking it, right? Like let's get together. But then we really, we've really developed a friendship and it's nice to spend time without cameras, without the cast around that um, you can have real conversations that like are not affected by storyline or um, anyone that has their other, you know, ulterior motives on your own behalf. So you were able to do that. And we actually, we've spent a lot of time having lunch with her tomorrow. I know you mentioned you're having lunch with her tomorrow. (laughs) Now here's the deal. I don't know. I, I blew it so bad with Sutton at BravoCon. You did? Oh, dude. I, I, one of my listeners bought me one of her handbags so I could like meet her in person. And it was that Friday I just got in there. Yeah. And so I get up there and I'm just, I'm a sweaty mess. Like I'm just swelling and uh, somebody's filming it for me. And I was going to do a funny photo where I got down on my knee and proposed to her. But okay. then I was like, I think I mumbled. I was like, I'm so bad. Let's go Ryan Bailey. Or either she knows who I am and hates me, or I was just a big sweaty mess. And okay. so I didn't do the pose thing. I just do that. And I closed my eyes in the photo accidentally. So the photo is so horrible and she knows, I mean, unfortunately, so as so many people have tagged her in her post because it has been an ongoing thing. Cause I think I'm better than Sanjit. I think I'm better. I'm not a cat guy, but I could learn to be a cat guy. That's and this is your vital. interview. I'm just saying if my name happens to come up at the lunch, say a positive word about, okay, me. well, I have my, but I don't need her money. I have a Toyota Corolla. Great. I That's like paid off. So that's not even a thing. Mine's not, my car's not paid off. <laughs> See, wow. Look at me. Okay. So anyways, just put in a good word for me. If you could, I will. Um, I think the cat thing is important. No, I, I actually I will. told her not to wear a cat sweater tomorrow. I, I insisted. On it. <laughs> she, and then she stopped texting me. She just stopped. Texting. I, I bought three cat sweaters ever since oh, okay, she said okay. she liked a cat sweater. And I, yeah. okay. So, yeah. um, but back to you, uh, this season was very contentious when you do, you said you watched it back with Rob. Sometimes do you watch every episode and how much I, I have always this theory of the unfortunate thing sometimes about these reality shows in the day and age of social media is that we have a show on top of a show. So you have the actual show and then you have all of the social media that goes with the show, not only between you guys, which I feel like not you in particular, but I'm like, why is this not being reined in from the actual cast members of like going at each other? I don't know if that's encouraged, but then all of our fan theories and all of the conspiracy theories, how, I mean, do you watch the show every week? So first season I did. And when I think back on it now, I'm like, God, that wasn't even a big deal. (laughs) Oh, painful, painful. Um, And like, I was, I went to college as a pre-med student. My, my plan was medical school. Like I, this was not my path at all, at all. So just seeing myself on camera is already like painful, but first season was hard. Second season when things like, I know, I'll, it's a hard episode or people coming for me. If I, I feel like, you know, it wasn't told in the way that I would have my experience, then I actually skipped some of those episodes. And um, do you skip oh, social media too? Do you stay off? Yeah. So actually the hard episodes when I was in Mexico, when my conflict was Sutton, that was really hard because we were really trying to get to a good place. That was challenging for me. Um, we happened to be in Europe on our family vacation. So it made it a lot easier because time zone and like, so I just sort of stayed off in general. Um, you know, you get forced to see those clips cause you get tagged all the time, but I actually didn't watch about three episodes in a row. And that was and I, you know, the producers will tell me because I call them and I said, tell me, like, just prepare me. I don't I never ask to edit. I never ask to adjust. I just know that that's not like appropriate. Like, I know what I'm signing up for. But I do want to know, like, just give me a heads up. Like, what are the ones I'm going to want to avoid? 
And they're respectful of that. So they're like episodes, blah, blah, blah. You're not, you know, it's hard on you. I'm like, okay. So I just avoid those ones. Have you ever had a Bravo, Bravo, effing Bravo moment yet? No. <laughs> no, no. Um, I'm all right. okay. I don't know. I, I, no, I I'm, hope, I hope I'm one day you clear. will. I'm a student. You know I mean? Like I'm always like, I know these are the, like, I'm supposed to do this. As, it's a job and I'm allowed to do that. So I just always follow the rules. Um, like to a T, which I don't know if that's a good thing, but, uh, no, I mean, like, that's what I'm saying. You get rewarded for breaking the rules. It's like the weirdest thing. Um, I ask this of a lot of housewives that I speak to, but especially with you, you talk about being pre-med. We see that you have truly this amazing family that like, by the way, I completely buy that. Those are your real kids. Those are not actors. Those are your real, like you have this, what I think of like, oh, that seems so nice. Like I like Rob's whole style. And I like that. He seems like fairly positive, And like, I like these things, you know, and I'm like, why did you do this show? Was it because of representation? Was it because of I want to sell more coconut water? What what were your what was your reasoning for the show? It was a combination of all those things and more. Um, when I first got the call, it was actually like March, end of March 2020. And so it was lockdown had just happened. It was about two weeks after lockdown. Um, my brother was supposed to get married in China that week. It was like a very intense week. And I got this call um, and I immediately was like, no, like not interested. <laughs> and I remember, I mean, this is like the real story of how it happened. And I told Rob, I was like, I got a call. And he was like, oh, and I was like, I'm not a housewife. Like that's makes no sense. I'm, I wear sweats all day long. And he's like, you know, you like the show. Cause I watched the show. And he's like, you like the show, you should just take the call so you can sort of get insider of how it works, you know, because he doesn't work in reality. So it was more yeah. of like, just enjoy the ride of the phone calls. And you literally in lockdown, you have nothing to do. So I was like, okay. So then I took a call and we, I would talk to like a casting person. And then they're like, oh, wait, I love you. Like, let's do a call next week. And I'm like, and I would tell Rob like, oh, I need to tell her I'm not going to do it. He's like, you're not going to get it. Just keep taking the calls. Like, you're never going to get the show. Like, do you know how hard it is to get casted? I was like, or, that's not a word. How hard is it? <laughs> and by the way, Rob, what a supportive, you'll never get it, by the way, Christy. Chris, you're never going to get it. So why yeah, don't you just you take suck. the call? Yeah, <laughs> our life sucks. And I was like, he's like, you know, you're not, he's like, he's like, it's so hard, these shows. And like, you're, you're just, yeah, I'm not like your typical, you know, whatever. So it just kept going on. And when I tell you, it went on for seven months. It was a long time of just every month getting a call. And so as we got closer, it got more, our conversations got more intense. And this was at the peak of BLM and anti-Asian hate crimes. And yeah. so I was like, gosh, and I remember my mom called me and, and then she begged me not to do it because she was lost. She locked herself um, her and Marshall locked themselves in their house for like two months when people were attacking um, Asian people. And she's like, they're gonna, people are going to try to come kill you. It makes me want to cry. People wanted to kill you. And she was so afraid. Um, and I was like, it's okay, mom. And I remember internally thinking, I was like, I'm afraid, but I don't want my mom to feel afraid. Yeah. yeah. So it was like, I just had a lot of conversations with my friends, my family of like, what did that mean? Real Coco was doing very well in um, COVID. Uh, we expanded 500%. People were hoarding food. So like we, our company really got. A yeah, lot it's weird. Her. The things that actually succeeded during it's like things like that. And then streaming services like shows yeah. like real housewives of Beverly Hills did amazing. Exactly. Um, so there was just so many reasons. And then at the end of the day, um, it was really me and Rob and the kids. And we just said, okay. Do your parents watch the show? 
Um, my dad passed, but Marshall, I'm my sorry. Mom, yes, of course, yeah. Oh, it's okay. She- um, and they watch, and my mom watches like YouTube stuff about me. Like, oh, oh no, God, I was like, no. I don't even know what YouTube is, mom. First of all, oh like, my God. I know oh, no. it's horrible. Well, my mom, my mom keeps track of my Instagram stats and she, she likes every post. She has no idea of the shows. I made her watch like an episode of Beverly Hills and one of Vanderpump rules doesn't get it, but she likes everything. And she'll be like, you didn't have a good week on Instagram this week. Yeah. Your numbers didn't go up at all. And I'll be like, mom, I thank you. I know that's ridiculous. Um, but is she proud of you now? Even like yeah. now coming out of this of like, wow, I'm so glad you did do this. And we've got to see uh, Asian representation. I loved the, I think it was the season finale of your first season when you had that. I mean, there were so many really cool moments and I want for so many more, more cool moments to happen. And I'm glad that you are still open because my thought was, I'm scared you're going to be like, I don't need this. I don't need the hassle or the headache. Cause that's my thing is like, why did you do that? You're so damn smart. You've got this beautiful thing. Why? Like, I'm I not keep that thinking smart. Like, this is proof. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, she's on the show. I got her on the show, you guys. No, um, but you know, that, that, that was my thing. I'm like, what seems like this great life? Why? Like sometimes with Kyle, even I'll be like, Kyle, why are you still doing this, man? Like Mauricio's got the agent. Like what? I mean, are you, are you addicted to fame at this point? Like what? And I don't get that vibe from you. Um, so it just was one of those things, but I'm glad that you are considering, or you will consider still coming back on. I, um, I do feel like I have more story to tell. And, um, you know, I, I think the last few years of the Asian representation on Bravo has not been good and disappointing and or my friend tiffany who showed up. i love tiffany Mo- yeah she, she was my favorite part of that last season of dallas and i've i've been able to speak with her and we were talking about and there was another one i'm like you're an anesthesiologist you, i mean like you are this is the anybody's dream even aside from tv is like certain aspects of how hard you've worked but yeah like i was trying to explain well, i totally understand why she did the show too because i come from a family of doctors and um, she was like, is this it for me? And even though it feels like to other people, it might be everything. It's like an opportunity like this comes up and I'm like, well, we have a great life. We're happy. And the one thing I know being on this side of it, people are like, oh, it's going to ruin your marriage. I don't believe that. If you want your marriage ruined, it was already ruined. Like you're there yeah, yes. to like set up your next part of your life. No, like there's, there is that theory of like the housewives, some housewives go on just to get divorced. And by the way, that's like dispelled immediately when you see Rob on the show. Like there's never been a time where I'm, in fact, I would love to talk to Rob at some point just to see what his take on having a conversation with PK and Mauricio. Cause they're always like, Hey buddy, we're going out. And like, Rob's always there and like he's dancing. But I just wonder like from his perspective, what that's like. Uh, to on a, you should talk to him member. on a basic. Um, yeah. He's, on a basic thing, he always says they're so nice to him. And they're like, they're, they always like very welcoming to Rob. Like, no, no, they're never mean, but I just feel like it's so odd. Like it's such a weird environment. And especially for somebody who's moved the needle in his own way, in so many ways. Is it true your first date was Finding Nemo? Folks, summer is just around the corner, so it's time to say goodbye to those jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Now, I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily, I found Quince. Now, I have a lineup of timeless pieces I want that will keep me looking fresh year after year. I got a pair of tan shorts. I got a pair of green shorts. I cannot wait to style these for summer. And I got to tell you, the quality is great because Quince has all the seasonal must-haves, like 100% European linen shirts from 30 
$40 performance polos and versatile flow knit activewear. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman by partnering directly with top factories and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So you can feel good about what you're wearing on every level. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Really? You took uh, we, we met on a Saturday night, and, the, and that premiere was on that next weekend. And so... Dude, what an... <laughs> Yeah, and you can't say no to a Finding Nemo premiere. No, like, I've never like, been to a premiere either. And I'm from LA and like a car service picked me up. I was like, wow, this guy <laughs> is like fancy. fancy. Was there, I mean, do was it love at first sight for you guys? Was there a gradual and and what does it mean like watching you guys have built this beautiful family? You've built a life together. Um, is it one of those things that you actually do stop and appreciate now? Or you're like, oh my God, look at what we've done in the time period that we've been together. We, we stop and pinch ourselves all the time. We really do. I mean, when I met Rob, he was already very successful. And, um, but for me, I I wasn't, I was impressed by his, um, humility. You know, he's like a, he's just like an animator from Northern California at his core that just has like an, a passion for filmmaking. And I, for me, it was like my family's so close. I mean, we're like, we have a very strong Chinese family. And I, my mom was like, I don't care about any of what he does. If he like gets our family and like shows up every weekend for your grandparents, all that, like he's good. And that's what happened. Um, And so he's, he's been like that ever since, but you know, he's just like a really like good person. You know, he's any, any, the camera by some weird alchemy always picks up you know, that's why I think it's so magical sometimes is because even if like somebody or I'll use Rinna, you know, like I can tell like the, the camera picks up like behind the eyes, the thoughts, you know, like you can say one thing, but the camera will pick up what you're actually thinking. And with him, it's just always like a no brainer for me. And also, I love that your brother, Jeffrey, is always around and it just shows another thing. He seems very welcoming. Was there ever talk of a duet between Jeffrey and Asher at all at any point in the season? <laughs> there was. There was. Yes, we got the exclusive. What happened? There was. The, the we are the world. We are the Beverly Hills could have happened. What happened? Um, it just was, it was too much. Like it's, <laughs> it was too much. You know, I mean, like my brother <laughs> is also as 
like Rob is, you know, a director and he, his films are out. My brother, my brother won MTV best new artist Asia yeah. album, you know, but like at the, at, at the other end of us, like we're all very humble. Like we don't want to like tutor on, you know? So I'm like, my, my, I was like to my brother, like, why don't you do something on the show? He's like, ah, I don't know. Like, I don't need to do that. Um, so I would love it, but at the same time, maybe like down the road, I don't know, but uh, yeah, it's, we're not like show offy, which is uh, ironic. No, I you are, but in fact, I was, I was, but I, I, I know I just have five more minutes with you, so I'm going to wrap this up, but that's what I even love about your basement renovation was that you were like, we are on budget no matter what, like, and that's just not sometimes the reality of these other ladies where they want to portray this like I've got $80 billion diamond earrings and I've got this. And you see that sometimes that is later down the road. It doesn't prove to be fruitful in other ways. Um, uh, some moments, uh, you were one of the first people to teach me the value of purses. I had never, I'm a straight dude, unfortunately. And I never knew because like you brought that purse out that looked like an advent calendar that first season. <laughs> and I was like, why? And, there, and then Kyle was like all salivating. And I didn't realize that purses were like something to collect and that gain value. I yeah, didn't realize not, that. Not until all you- purses. Uh, not all purses, but no. I went to a Ross Dress for Less and I bought a hundred purses and none of them are worth anything. By I the way, like, I, I love I was investing. Ross. I would say half of Zoe's closet is from Ross. She loves <laughs> Ross. Like she wears like those BB sandals for seven ninety nine. I would yeah. say majority of my clothes are like TJ Maxx. Like we're I'm a Maxinista. You're a Maxinista, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, did for you sure. feel like you unfairly got told you were wearing a baby doll dress too much in the season? Like I was like, I loved it's, it. a ba- it's a baby doll dress. Get over it. Like everybody. And how did you get a kick out of when you said it was the last uh, <laughs> with your age at your birthday party? Was it? I mean, you got a kick out of the reaction shots, didn't you? Yeah. Of the other they were ladies? all silent or like, Erica, <laughs> like Erica was like, fuck you. And I was like, <laughs> but it was funny the way they cut it. It was like the, the like silence. Oh, no, it was like, I love all the editors sometimes when yeah, they troll funny. in a certain way. Um, okay. So uh, are you on a group text thread with uh, the housewives right now? Did there used to be one? Is it completely in separate forces right now? Where are you with everybody? So I will say the last two years, it's been the same. I've always, um, someone always starts it the day we start filming. Um, and, and then there's always one person, I'm not going to say who, who leaves it the day we stop filming. (laughs) (laughs) It's the same person. And in terms of the other group text, I've never been on another one. But, but we do know there is another one because of the reunion. I'm not in that one. But you know what I like is that you're not trying to prove anything to anybody. I never get the sense of like, sometimes I get worried with Sutton because sometimes I feel like she'll let Erica Jane in when I'm like, don't do it. Don't invite her over for Popeye's at your house. Don't do that. And I know it's just a show, but I get very protective of people like Sutton and you and and Garcelle. Um, and then uh, we have to remember, though, you can't. It wouldn't make sense if we filmed a whole season separated. Exactly. Nobody would want to see that either. Yeah. So as I, I get that. And that's the angst that like you want the, you know, to feel like I think that's what makes it interesting. But like the show is about resolve, too, you know, and. I tend to be someone that always looks like gives people the benefit of the doubt. Um, and I hope people do that for me, but I get what you mean. It's like, you're protective of the, the, the girls, the characters you love and you. Yeah. You know. I mean, but that's, it, it's, it's like pro wrestling or like, you're like, yeah. you have your favorites. And by the way, my favorites could, you might be a villain three seasons from now. I, like, I don't know. Like we have not seen you fully explode. Um, and then uh, oh, I can't. There- 
Ask Rob. Rob is like, you treat these women so nicely. By the way, I want Rob to like secretly videotape you like Rinna should have done with Kathy. Like he should oh. do that and then give it to the show. I will get I will get canceled. I will um, my okay, kids will be so, for me. Uh, do you believe that there is hope that all you ladies like, cause this was such a contentious season and I want to live leave on a positive note? Do you see like I mean, they were saying like, oh, we're not going to start filming until January now, potentially. And it seems like a lot of rumors up in the air. Do you feel like you guys can all get back to a place where you can be in the same room, including Miss Kathy Hilton, who I know you're actually truly friends with, you know, you said, and she has become such a fan favorite, which is really funny in so many ways. Do you feel like you're able to get back in the room with all of these ladies? Yes, I do. Because I I talk to many privately and um not that all of them have said, like, I'm ready to move forward, but I feel like there is a sense that that's possible. And, uh, okay. And, and, and we're not going to, but just, I would say everybody go look at social media, everybody, you can go on there and see who follows everybody and who follows, who doesn't follow anybody. But, but by the way, but I will say like, doesn't that part of it get disappointing or as an adult, do we have to understand even away from TV shows that there's always going to be a high school mentality in life where isn't it just silly that we're at a certain age and people still follow and unfollow people on Instagram as a warning or a sign of hurt? Yes. I mean, I feel it's, it's disappointing. And, um, especially when they're older, like I, I, I that's a game that I'm not interested in playing. I follow everyone on the show and, um, and if they don't follow me, that's fine. Like, I don't, I don't know. I just, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I just sometimes feel like how silly is this? And especially even, like we even, I feel silly at times doing what I do. And then, you know, you're like, oh my gosh, this is the same feelings I had in high school when I was like told I was, you know, like just that bullying kind of effect that I feel like so weird. But anyways, uh, I know we only had 30 minutes. Crystal, this has been so, so, I've been dreaming about this interview for a very long time. Thank you for doing this. I truly thought you hated me. So this is just, that, that shows what a narcissist I am. Please put a good word in. Not for always something. about you, Ryan. I know, I know. Ryan, cut that out. That's not a good part to leave in. I'm joking. Um, is there anything that we need to know for the off season for you to support you besides the, the beverage? I'm going to put the links to the website for that. You can find it in every Costco except for Texas. Do we have an album coming out? What do we have? Oh, I want to tell you. Okay. I got a trailer today of something I was in. I haven't been able to say it. So I think it's out now. Um, there's a new, um, okay. So first you should go see Rob's movie. It's streaming on Paramount plus called pause of fury. It's great. Okay. Pause and of then fury. second, uh, the trailer came out today. I'm in the new Zootopia, which is on. Uh, oh, that's yeah, awesome. On I, do an, plus. I do a show tomorrow or something. I'm in episode two. Okay. That, and it's, uh, so that's, we got to support her voice work career as well. I'm very excited about that. And finally, would you do an ultimate girls trip if you were asked? Yeah. I mean, it depends on the location. Uh, yeah. And I think, I know this sounds horrible. Like if I have to wear a bathing suit, dude, I have not been able to take off my shirt. I, I wear a shirt in the shower. You guys, yeah. like, I, I'm like, there's no, there's no part of like, I hate like BravoCon. That was the only part just like, cause of the photos that I had to take with Like you were like, Oh my God, you're going to take a photo of me without makeup. And I'm like, look at me, Crystal. Are you you're insane? Not- People were like, she, and I was like, she's naturally gorgeous and all this stuff. And I'm like, yeah. and look at me Any, anyways. Uh, but it's Crystal hard because everyone, I, you know, like there's so much, not just my show, but like just people on TV, 
they filter, you know, and they, and it has, they all have the Wait, same are you, look. People use filters. What are you talking about? People use you face know, lashes are huge and their lips are huge. like, I don't even like get facials. Like I don't. So I'm like, oh, you God. don't even get facials. No, really? I, I know. No, but I mean, I no, I'm not saying this in a kiss assy way, but you do look like you get a, a facial, you know, you do look very cleansed on your, I'm I don't clean. know. I'm a, I wash my face. Are you one of those housewives that shower? Is that is that what you're saying? Like you know, if it hits me sometimes, <laughs> you know. Um, uh, okay, well, I could. I have a thousand more questions, so hopefully one day you'll come back. Uh, but truly, uh, great work this season. I uh, wish I had heard more of your story, and that's why I try to talk about that story on this podcast, which you guys have heard. Uh, but I'm a huge fan, and I really, really want you on next season. So I hope everything works out, and uh, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Crystal Kung Minkoff, everybody. If this was a big radio studio, we would all be applauding. Uh, oh, my God. I had to listen to that back because I had to make some edits. And I am just – I'm always excited, but I was just – I was just, I was too excited, you guys. I felt like a five-year-old. I I hope – I'm listening to that back. I'm like, I hope she had a good – I think she had a good time. But it was – and and I'll tell you a couple behind the scenes things. When I first we first jumped on the Zoom, uh, she uh, it w- it was in one of the, it was in the the office, and we've seen Crystal's house on the show, so it is the real house. And I knew that it was the exact place where Erica Jane and Diana Jenkins had that scene at her birthday party where it's like, and she was like, and we're going to talk about Erica. We're going to talk about everybody. You know that scene to Diana? And Diana was just like wide-eyed and it was like the same one where Rinna had to leave early because she was infuriated with Kathy Hilton. And Crystal was saying like, it is so weird now to have parts of your house on the show. And it's like part of like, imagine that you guys, imagine if you had memories of Lisa Rinna in your foyer, like it would, you would just hit you at different points. Um, but she was just delightful. You guys and her team is delightful. And, and, uh, I, I just, she seems so willing and ready to come back, which I was surprised about because it has been such a contentious season for not just them, but for the audience as well. And I love that she was like, yeah, we can tote like we're I'm ready to see these ladies again. And what a class act that she still follows every one of those women. I think that is great that she doesn't. And that's why I'm saying we need if you're thinking of the show like Survivor, which I believe like Rinna has, you know, gone from a housewife to thinking about it like a reality competition show. And sometimes that can bite her in the butt. But we need people like Crystal that, you know, truly can see, I think, both sides or keep a cool head. And and I think it'll be interesting when we finally do see Crystal lash out about something or when she finds even more footing, which I feel like in the second season she has. And I'm really excited to see what her third season brings. But it's cool because even off uh, off mic, you could tell how much she appreciates being on the show. And I thought that was really, it, it was nice. You know, it wasn't anything that she took for granted, even though she has like a lovely family and, and, and things of that. So go support her coconut beverage. Go watch those movies. Uh, I hoped, I mean, I hope to speak with Rob one day. My God, could you imagine 
I mean, that's, I want to, okay, this is, this is the dream, right? She goes to lunch with Sutton today, right? Tells Sutton about me. And she's like, I don't like that, Ryan. I know he sweated all over me at BravoCon. But she's like, no, no, no. He's a nice guy. He has a Toyota Corolla. And then I pop up at like a party scene and me and Rob, like, cause PK and Mauricio right now, they're kind of like the two studs, the guys that have been around the block. They've been on the most seasons now, but then me and Rob will be the new cool guys. And just like, I think Garcelle, Sutton and Crystal are a great team. Me and Rob will be the new, and then PK and Mauricio, they'll get all jealous of me and Rob. You know what I'm saying? They'll be like, he's like, what's going on with those guys? Puta Mita, that's where you got to go, you know? And and they'll realize that me and Rob, that's where, you know, they'll just be wanting to hang out with us. <laughs> now with a really hope Crystal's not listening to this still, or at all, really. Um, thank you, Crystal Minkoff. That was so, what a, what a dream, because, you know, you guys know, you listeners, every Thursday night, I would just be talking about that show for hours. And I also want to say, and I don't mean this in any sort of creepy way, and I don't mean this to um, take away from any other of Crystal's actual accomplishments, but she is stunning. I've seen her in person, and she said that was without makeup, and she was all, and I, I was like, dude, look at me, what are you talking about? And then even on the Zoom, she wasn't even like fully done up, she said, or whatever, and she is just stunning. And I also like people that are like super, uh, I don't know, she just seems like super humble, and I don't I'm going to stop kissing her butt, but I was really appreciative to have her on there. And uh, I was appreciative to Bravo and her PR team and all of that stuff, because it's really great to talk to somebody that you have been a great appreciator of the show that they're on. And I hope I get to speak to all of them, except for a couple of them one day. Okay, so moving on with the show, let's do a couple pop culture stories, and then we'll get out of town. You guys, I'm in, I'm in a weird place I mean, you guys already know that with my life, but I'm in a weird place, not just with the... You, I told you a little bit on Monday's show about the Jax Taylor situation. So Jax Taylor DMs me today. And he's like, what are you doing? And, you know, listen, that's a very vague statement. And I was at the gym, so I was already miserable. And I was like, I don't know what to say to Jen. Like, what do you do? Because that also could read vaguely threatening. It's like how I always tell you guys, my mom used to do ellipses after every sentence. And so every text would sound very ominous. Like, hope you have a good weekend, dot, dot, dot. And I would be like, what is that? Like, that's very ominous. And it was the same way with the Jax DM. And I'm like, what is going on? And then, you guys, I saw that he went into my account and he found, I was like, what? it was like really quick. He was arguing with somebody over a post and I've not even bothered to read it yet because it shook me so badly. And already my legs were shaking from the deadlift my trainer was having me do because I have weak knees. That's a story for another podcast. But all of a sudden, I'm like, what have I gotten myself into? Jax is arguing with somebody on a post that I posted about Lindsay and, and Lindsay and Carl's engagement from Summer House. He went that far back. And I'm like, dude, I didn't say this to him, but I'm like, if he goes back further, I'm probably going to have to leave the state. Like, it's it's not going to be good for anyone involved and uh so we'll we'll keep that's going to be a that's going to be a story we're going to need to update 
scarily on a daily basis at this point. Okay, even with Jack's potentially going to kill me one day, I still got to say, I am just so thankful to be able to do this. There are so many uh, areas in my life right now, and I'm sure in yours as well, that you're like unsure of, that you're like a little bit scared of, and that you can get down on. But then I was just like, man, I had such a fun time talking to Crystal, and I have such a fun time talking to you guys. And this really is like my saving grace, being able to talk about all of this silly stuff. And, and some of this is very not silly, but to be able to have this with you guys means so much. Uh, this weekend, I'm going to go and um, hang with my family for a while. You know, my mom's going through some difficulties right now, so uh, I'm a little nervous about that trip, and it, it, I'm going to be bouncing back and forth throughout the holidays and into the new year, and hopefully all of that goes well. I know your thoughts are with my mom and stuff, and and hopefully we'll get her on the pod and laughing, and maybe we'll do a, a special episode with my mom. <laughs> maybe, you know what? We need to think of episodes or scenes that I need my mom to watch in regards to Housewives and then get her to do a whole episode. If I can get my mom laughing, like, isn't, wasn't that always the best that you found the thing? Like if I could get my dad laughing or my mom laughing, it always just made me feel so good. It, it just, it really did. Um, so I hope everybody out there is, has something to feel good. I hope you're not too down about election results today. Um, I hope you're not too down with these things in your life and I hope you have something to make you happy. And, and, and if you don't, Guess what? I'll be that thing. I will make myself look like a big enough goof where it'll make you smile. I'm happy to do that at any point for you guys. Uh, but also, there's just so much damn good TV on right now. I want to tell you. So I was, I was gonna, do, I was gonna make that mistake about watching election results come in. And guys, you can be either party and and be nervous about watching election results. It's not tied to any certain party. Um, but instead, I have been watching. Are you guys watching the second season of The Vow, that docu-series on HBO about the cult and the cult leader Keith Raniere and Nixium? I usually talk about the first season, which aired a couple years ago on HBO, all the time. And this was the guy that was having, he was actually had this group of women, this secret DOS group that he was having them brand his initials on their skin in a secret ceremony. He's now in, in prison, but it is the second season. It finally, I've been, I think this was the fifth episode that aired on Monday night and it it to me got really good and really explained where you know he he where he abused his power, where it really got scary. Uh, I would love to speak to the filmmakers behind The Vow because it's just really fascinating. There's so many choices they made this season because in doing this, I don't know if you've been watching it, and I do recommend you watch the first season and the second season of The Vow, but they've kind of been making uh, Nixium seem like it was really helpful. It helped It helped these men and women with Tourette's. And then there's all of those, this extremely damaging portion of it. So it's that one thing of like, well, it did all this good, but then it did this insane amount of bad. And I appreciate that they're showing us both, but I thought the first couple of episodes were frustrating because it almost sounded or it was almost making Nixium and Keith Raniere have hero-like qualities, and I just did not like that. So I thought that was great. I talked a couple times last week about this new Hulu documentary called God Forbid by the filmmaker Billy Corbin. Uh, he did the Cocaine Cowboys uh, docu uh, documentary series on Netflix, 
Uh, and we talked to him about a year and a half ago. I get to talk to him tomorrow, you guys. And this is about uh, evangelism and the Falwells. And if you know that story, I cannot wait to explain that story to you. But this documentary, I thought did, I just thought, I can't wait. I, I geek out about this stuff, you guys. It does have DNA in reality series, but the form, it rises to a new level. I, I, I especially geek out about Billy Corbin's work. So really, I recommend that to watch as well. And then today, I didn't even realize this, guys. On HBO Max, I saw a preview. Are you guys watching uh, The Low Country on HBO Max? Um. This, oh God, HBO, I'm so in love with HBO Max sometimes. I hope their merger with Discovery Plus doesn't take the magic away from what I believe uh, HBO Max really is. But it's called Low Country, and it's about the Murdaugh. It's a Low Country, the Murdaugh dynasty. And there uh, have been two episodes, I believe, so far. And it's about, uh, the first episode fo- focuses on Paul Murdaugh, which is... Uh, the the son who drunkenly crashed his father's boat into a bridge, killing a young Mallory Beach, and it is all about like if you followed this, if you you know you know crime podcast lovers, I know there's a really good podcast that Sophie always talks about about the Murdaughs, but this Alex Murdaugh, um, and it 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 talks all about how the Murdaugh has this kind of stranglehold on the low country in terms of power. And they have for over a hundred years. Um, and it's just, the first episode was insane and so gripping. I was, I just watched the vow and then I went into that and I was like, well, maybe election coverage actually will be kind of a nice humorous little coda. I was like, maybe just pop on another episode of Dahmer or something. But that, if you guys are into true crime, highly recommend low country. I want to know if you guys dig that or not. And, and listen, this is mainly for my mom and dad, but maybe for a lot of you guys as well. By the time you're listening to this to your in your hot little ears tomorrow, the new season of The Crown premieres on Netflix. Now, The Crown, of course, talks about the uh, the queen, but this season is all about Princess Diana, and now you know the king, but also her death. You know, the 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 affair with that Prince Charles or King Charles had uh, it, it, it. So I have never watched The Crown before. And my parents, I don't know if your parents are like this. They tried to shove Downton Abbey down my throat so much. And I thought they were being a little elitist about it. They're like, we love Downton Abbey. And I always picture them saying, we love Downton Abbey, Ryan. Like they felt, you know, like they were using accent work almost. But they love The Crown and they love all of those kind of shows. So I think, like, those, you know, I get really scared when I see old period costumes. You know, like, I want to see denim. Like, I want shows with denim. I want shows with Old Navy. Like, like something that I can relate to. Like, I'll top out around, like, the 60s. I'm like, that's... But, you know, if you get back into the 30s, 20s, you know, and, and those period pieces, I don't know, for some reason, like... I need to I need to know that TV's already been invented. <laughs> it comforts me for some reason. But this new season, I, I think I'm gonna do it. I think I'm gonna pull. And then I'm like, well, did it, is it gonna like? Do I need to watch the first four seasons and understand the fifth season? And I don't think I do. I think I can just go into this cold and probably still enjoy it. And it takes place in the 80s and 90s. So like, bang! I thought of the worst joke today, you guys. It was about Zoe 101, the old, uh, was it Nickelodeon or Disney Channel kids show? And I almost tweeted this, thank God I didn't, because, you know, 
probably not a good tweet on an election night. I was like, do you have to watch the first 100 Zoe's to understand Zoe 101? Thank you, folks. Thank you. That's right. I'll be here all week. Uh, also, in entertainment news, this is uh, this is kind of fun and geeky, but Tom Holland, I think, makes an amazing Spider-Man. Uh, Disney and Sony, they both... Uh, have claimed the Spider-Man character, and that's why he's not fully in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. He gets loaned out by Sony, but I guess Disney and Sony, Disney owns the Marvel Universe, uh, has made a deal with Tom Holland to appear as Spider-Man in six upcoming Marvel Cinematic Universe projects, including a Daredevil uh, TV show, Born Again. So this is huge, and I was kind of curious because Tom Holland is such a a great actor that I was wondering, I was like, I was shocked that he signed up for that many Spider-Mans just because sometimes, you know, when you play a superhero, it takes away, you know, like this man has like actual talent and sometimes you don't want to get locked too into a character, but they must, I mean, they, they, they must be rolling up the, the Brinks truck for this guy. Also, uh, I talked a little bit about on the Patreon the other night, I'm a huge Howard Stern fan and have been for decades now. And he had Bruce Springsteen on this uh, last week. And I was, it's been a long time since I've listened to a full episode just because things have been so busy and I'm always working. But I was in the car for seven hours this weekend and I listened to my first episode in a long time and I just forgot it was like coming home. You know, those things. They just make you feel like, oh, wow, like it's been, it's been a long time. And I enjoyed it so much that I, I, I kept listening to the next episode. Like I was playing, I, I was driving my dog around today because that's what she requests of me. It's driving Miss Daisy, but with my dog, Brooklyn. Uh, and I was listening to another episode and I just, it was, there was just something so, I love those things about entertainment and pop culture. Don't you, that you turn on and you kind of just feel like you're a part of it. That you're like, he's talking with me right now. He's talking with me. And like, And I just forgot how damn good he is at what he does. Uh, I was just so impressed. Um, but he, so he interviewed Bruce Springsteen last week. But then there was this viral video going around with Drake, uh, you know, the, the rapper, singer, uh, lover of women. Um, and 21 Savage, the other rapper, they have an album that just came out this past week. And there was a clip of Howard Stern interviewing Drake and 21 Savage, and there was video of this too. And it was in Howard's studio, which I'm very aware of what that looks like. And I went to the Sirius app on Sirius XM, which by the way, Radio Andy, shout out, Amy Phillips, shout out. All right. Um, so I went to the app to like, I want to hear Howard Stern interview Drake. And it said October 26th, and I went to that episode, and it was no Drake. And I was like, what the hell is this? Like, is this going to air in the... Like, because Howard usually does that day, and then they'll put it up on the app. Just like a podcast, which, by the way, Howard Stern hates podcasts, which always makes me laugh. Um, And then, all of a sudden, Drake and 21 Savage also did an NPR Tiny Desk concert, and also was on the cover of Vogue magazine. Now... That was when it got a little weird for me. I'm like, why are they on? Why is Drake and 21 Savage on the cover of Vogue? And this was great, actually, but it turns out not to be great. So all of those appearances, the Howard Stern, the Tiny Desk concert and the fake Vogue cover, sorry, the Vogue cover were all fake. It was all underground promotion for their album. So this was a stunt. 
So Howard Stern didn't do a Drake interview. He just did a small little snippet where he asked Drake what his favorite type of porn was. And he and Drake said, my favorite is like the top of the top givers. And I think I told, I don't know if I said this on the Patreon or on this show. I was like, I am, I'm an altar boy. You guys know, like I'm very, uh, what's the word, uh, a prude. And I didn't know what top giver meant. So I looked it up online. And if you look up top givers online, it says like the people that have donated the most to charity. And I was like, that's Drake's favorite kind of porn. Bill Gates giving money to <laughs> the poor. Uh, I found out later what it actually meant. So thank you on that. But it was all part of this underground campaign. They didn't actually do a Tiny Desk concert. They just did a little clip of one, which then I was kind of like, why didn't they just do the full one of all of these? But they got themselves in trouble with the fake Vogue cover because Condé Nast, which owns Vogue, they have hit them with a lawsuit for flagrant infringement. The publisher's lawyers are particularly mad about Drake's Instagram post thanking Vogue editor Anna Wintour for the phony cover story. Because Drake even put a photo of him with Anna Wintour uh, to go with this underground promotion. So none of this exists. So Condé Nast is suing for this. And I think this is one of the weirder lawsuits out there because, I mean, listen, I guess Vogue had... Come on, it's Drake. Have a sense of humor. Like that's that it's fine, right? Would you be I thought this was kind of a I love when people promote their things in kind of a weird way. Like I I was genuinely curious. I was like, I want to see that Howard Stern interview. I want to watch the Tiny Desk concert. Really don't care that much about Vogue because I don't read it, but good for them to get on the cover. But that was the thing that kind of tipped me off. I was like, they don't usually put dudes on the cover, right? Like I know Kanye was on that one cover with Kim one time, but I don't know. So um, Drake is getting sued. Uh, so I guess it wasn't that great of a strategy, but maybe it was because we're talking about it, right? That's what we're, who was I talking to recently about Lisa Rinna? Is that, you know, or maybe it was Steven from Faces by Bravo. Like, look, we're still talking about her. We're still talking about Lisa Rinna, right? Uh, so I wanted to tell you guys about that. I found that very interesting. Okay, a couple more stories and we'll get you out of here, you guys, since we've had long episodes all week. Uh, congratulations goes out to Bachelor, uh, former Bachelor contestant Madison Pruitt. She gave fans an inside look at her honeymoon as she posts loved up snaps from luxury getaway to Los Cabos with husband Grant Trout. Now, I bring this story up. I don't usually talk about Bachelor Nation that much. But these guys, they did a video that I did a whole bit on, and me and Sophie talked about a long time ago. They tied the knot in a lavish ceremony in front of 400 guests last month, uh, according to the Daily Mail. Now, they're only 26 years old. Now, this is the interesting part of the story for me, is that they are, and this is, I'm not making fun, but they were, they were, both, they were both virgins. And so now we're seeing these shots of their honeymoon, and you guys, I have... <laughs> I have never seen smiles this big in my life. I'm like, these guys are doing the hippity-dippity every, 
And how sick is my mind that that was the first thing I was like, hey, let's look at these honeymoon photos from these virgins. Oh, my God. They're, I've never seen two people smile bigger than these honeymooners. Every shot is them just with the widest face. I guess that's way better than Madison, like, just being disappointed in every photo. So congrats, to, congrats go out to Grant for, I guess, laying it down. Madison seems very happy. Um, I, I'm also, I'm just disappointed that this get these guys have had sex before me. I'm still, of course, sadly, uh, a virgin. I do want to talk, uh, not after this story, obviously, but later in the week, I want to talk about Megan the Stallion a little bit in regards to the Drake lyric from the new album and just kind of in general how we seem to be treating women lately when they try to tell us their truths. But I don't want to talk about that now. Um, uh, we're going to instead... I want to talk about another podcast. Are you guys listening to the, uh, you guys heard me talk about Bethany Frankel's rewatch podcast, but they have a, uh, a Laguna beach, the Hills rewatch podcast that Kristen Cavallari and Stephen Coletti host. And this week they had the one and only LC Lauren Conrad on their show. Now, this is something I might actually listen to because I was watching the clips and I kind of got nostalgic, which is one of the best fun feelings that you can get with pop culture is nostalgia. Um, but I also want to point out something that I truly hate, like uh, Laguna Biatch, who, uh, uh, Kelly, who's been on the show a bunch, the host of uh, Beyond the Blinds. Um, she posted this nostalgia now and a photo of them from what? What is this, 20 years ago or something? And they look hot. And then she posted a photo of them posing for the podcast and still hot 20 years later. Don't you hate people that stay hot? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's the only thing that sometimes makes me feel better about high school is that when you go on the old Facebook, you know, you, you see the hot girls and guys of the high school completely. I know this is a dark thought. Completely fall apart. You're just like, ha, 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 cheerleader my ass. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're like, you get, it's sad, but you kind of get excited. You're like, time has not been kind to you. Ha, ha, ha. You don't have a sweet looking mustache like I do right now. No, but I get upset of the people that stay good looking. I'm like, that's not fair. You should either get, you should either be able to be good looking when you're younger or good looking when you're older. You shouldn't be able to be good looking both times. You know, like, I feel like that in a way is cheating. If <laughs> That's just how I look at it. You guys, I hope you guys agree with me. Also, I wanted to end today with the Bravo docket. Uh, you guys know that other podcast. I love the ladies of the Bravo docket. I got to hang out th with them at BravoCon a lot. Uh, a lot of accounts were reporting this, but I read this off of theirs, is that we had breaking news today. The former uh, chief financial officer of Girardi Keys, which of course is Tom Girardi's uh, defamed law firm, Christopher Kamen, is in jail on wire fraud charges. There's only limited information publicly available, but it claims the wire fraud occurred on September 16th, 2020. Um, and the Bravo docket says, if the name Kamen sounds familiar, it is because he is a named defendant in attorney Jay Edelson's lawsuit in which he makes RICO claims against Cayman, Erica, and others. Neither Tom nor Erica have faced criminal charges yet. But this is interesting because now we're finally getting actual crimes being charged. Somebody has actually gotten arrested and we have limited uh, knowledge about 
all of the surrounding details, but it means that things are starting to come out. And I will be very interested to see what the full story is behind this. So I wanted to make you guys aware of that. Uh, go follow the Bravo Docket on Instagram. And I, I dig those ladies and their podcasts and they, they're just real nice. I think they're coming on again soon as well. So that's it. I want to keep talking to you guys, but uh, I, get, I realize I get to talk to you on Thursday and Friday. So I'll just... I'll let you go, I guess. And if you want to talk to me more, come on over to the Patreon. And if you like today, give it a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And please let Crystal know that you enjoyed the interview if you did. Uh, I just thought she was great. And and I'm telling you guys, the stuff she said off my, not in terms of like the cast members or anything, she's just wildly funny. Like I truly think she is really, really quick. And I can't wait to see more of that on our third season. So we will talk to you guys on Thursday. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great Wednesday. And remember from this point on, I have given you permission to check out at your jobs. Bye. Betches.